Welcome to episode 611 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright, team, welcome along to episode, uh, what is it, 611, John, of, of, of I am talking with Coach Sean Newsom, Bevan James, oh, I, was, I was a bit stuttery there, mate, what happened? Get it out. Get it out, it was because I've been watching the new Karate Kid preview, mate. Uh, sounds r- on Netflix, rubbish from here. and it's got the original guys, it's got the Daniel son mm. and the blonde-headed kid. Nice. Oh, John, for us, about, did you love Karate Kid? Nah, oh, nice. come on. No, I'm, I'm downloading the Goonies for the kids to watch on Goonies the, the is flight gold. over to, to, to the GC you, you tomorrow. Weren't, you weren't big on the Karate Kid. Yeah, I mean, I watched it and stuff, but it wasn't, you know, I was probably more of a Ghostbusters. Never saw the uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, Bevan, <laughs> why, how could you not, oh my God, why did you not watch Ghostbusters? <laughs> I just, I just never, yeah, I missed It blows that. my mind, best movie ever, <laughs> best movie ever. Oh, you know, I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> too busy, too busy going to gym. Hi, <laughs> talk is proudly brought to you by Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. Big day for the patrons today, Joy. And why is it? It's the Kona draw time. <gasps> so if you're a patron today, you could find out if you are going to Kona. And let's name a few of the patrons first. Darren Double O Jones. We've got Ian White Lightning Hursley. And Richard, the Golden One Lonsdale. So yeah, we're going to be doing the draw through. We're kind of we're, we're teasing it, aren't we, John? Teasing it out. We're teasing it. But by the end of the show, someone's going to know if. They have won the, the ticket, the golden ticket to, I've got the golden ticket to Kona with the boys in 2018. So listen up for that. In this week's show, we've got some news. We've got discussion of the week. We have an age grouper of the week. We've got an interview, John, with who? We have an interview with Matt Hansen. So he's one of the fastest runners, uh, got a number of Ironman course records, as well as winning regional championships and stuff. And um, a guy that's still got some unfinished business when it comes to Kona. Yeah, good times. We've got a, are we doing one here of the week now? We we are so I'm we, unfortunately the the system we used to use um, as we mentioned last week is no longer available in terms of Strava apparently has changed you can't I think it's going to go to Facebook's data breach and mm. I think they're probably tighten up on who can have control of their data so that previous leaderboard which we used to do the you know the thirty third or the most swim the most run etc we can't do that but we can so we'll still go onto our Strava page and you can still just pick a person a week well you can also see who's swum the most who's biked the most who's done the most sessions so we still can we still can okay. do a bit so there's we'll, a way we'll, around we'll it. play around with it. Um, questions and answers at the end. I've got a funny little clip for you at the end there, John, and we've got some, it's pretty much show really. So it's a pretty quiet news week, John, not much happening on the race front, but uh, you've noticed a few things. I have noticed a few things. Uh, so the South American Championships are now going to be in December. So this is the Ironman no, Regional Championships. I think they used to be in May. Maybe I've just picked up on this and maybe I'm a bit slow off the mark. But I think this is it's a good move because we often talk about you know having your big races and spreading them through the season and people aren't going to be necessarily doing – they don't want to do the mid-season. And so I think it's a, it's a, it's a really good – there's good money at it. Yep. Um, it's a good time this season, the middle of the off season for a lot of people. But for people that want to try to get on the, the bandwagon in terms of um, – you know, just get trying to get the Kona points or just doing some big money races. I think it's good timing. So now we'll have, you know, the South American champs in December. We'll have um, the sort of Oceania, excuse me, <coughs> champs 
you know, when, well, I don't know if it's June now. It seems to be in June now. Um, Do you think they'll bring it back? Well, who knows? Good, good, good Taupo would go, maybe. Uh, then you'll have the Texas or somewhere around about that May time for the North American ones. And then your European one's going to be in July. So December to July, I think it's, um, it's a good idea. Good move. Gwen Jorgensen ran a 31.55 in a 10K race. Now, John, I'm not really sure if that, how good that is for females. It's good. It's not. Uh, she didn't. She was not. She she said in the clip where she, she it was called the Stanford Invitational 10K. She won the race, and that was her objective. So she wasn't necessarily running for time. She was win, running for the win. And I would say in the clip, maybe she was putting on a good good face at them, but she didn't look like she was working. Yep. Like abs- she didn't collapse over the line, maximum effort or anything like that. So yeah, it's just interesting to f- to follow her progression. Thirty one fifty five is still bloody fast. Yeah. But in running circles, um, there'll be plenty that can run faster than that. If you do the old V dot, because ultimately she's she's aiming for the marathon. That equates to a to a two twenty seven uh, marathon, which is pretty decent. Yep. Uh, still, again, not going to be. Well, win a lot of races, but it's not going to win the Olympic gold medal or anything like that. So she said she's going to be aiming to try to do a half marathon at some stage, and I think that's when we'll really see where she's at. But, um, yeah, she seems to be tracking pretty well. Yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting long term to see what happens with her career in this next moment. John Keynes could be a hot field because it looks like Rinny is doing a race, going to be racing Ironman Keynes, which is the Australasian regional champs. We've also got Gomez racing here. So, And you know what, John? I was thinking maybe I'll pop over. All right. Well, when's Ken's? It might not work for me. Jill, uh, June? I think it's the weekend after Queen's birthday, maybe. Mm, maybe. Um, just, my daughter lives in Ken's. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's going to South America. So her and her partner are saving to go to South America for six months at the end of this year. And she's been in Ken's for about 18 months now, and I haven't been over there. And, and I you thought, to take a suitcase of money over for her? Here you go, darling. Yeah, yeah give her <laughs> white stuff for me. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, and I do want to go see my daughter in Ken's before she buggers off to South America. And I thought, oh, maybe if it works. I'm not sure if we'll be able to, but it'd be cool if I could kind of make two things yeah. work at once. Yeah. Oh, just, I think, A, it's going to be interesting to see Gomez, uh, his debut. We've talked about that a lot. But also to see what sort of shape Rennie's in when she's coming back. Uh, now, does she have to qualify now? She has to validate. Okay, she's still she's within five she's years. She's got to do a race. And Gomez only has to validate as well. Because uh, he won the Worlds. No, he's got lots of points. But I, I thought you, if you won the Worlds. That used to be the case, but I'm pretty sure he's, okay. got, a, he's, got, he's got lots of points. He'll be fine. He'll be fine, but he'll, he'll just have to finish a race. Okay, that's good times. Uh, Mitch Anderson did break the 24-hour world record for cycling, outdoor cycling record. So how far did he end up going? He ended up going... Doctor Mitch Anderson. Oh, I had this in front of me before. Uh, he roughly, he, oh, that's two thousand eight. He clocked around eight hundred ninety-four k's. Not exactly eight, exactly eight hundred ninety-four point three five kilometers at the Australian Automotive Research Centre in Wensleydale in Victoria. The average speed was just above thirty-seven kilometers an hour, uh, and he beat Slovenia's Marco Barlot. His previous record in 2008 when he covered 890 So you only beat it by 4K. So yeah. you're, you're on the edge the whole way really, aren't you? Yeah. Geez. You know, 4K can go pretty quickly. So that's pretty fast. I, I'd love to know how you navigate 24 hours. You're obviously trying to sit at a certain pace, but there's going to be some tough moments. Mm. And 37K an hour by yourself. Like the, It's that whole thing of when people ride in packs, they think 37 is easy. You do solo thirty seven off for an Ironman, it's even pretty smoking. Absolutely. You know, for 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 twenty four hours. 
very solid. That and is an impressive effort. Still got to be verified, but it's expected to be certified by the Ultra Marathon Cycling Association. Uh, and Dr. Anderson's obstacles included cold weather, nausea, and vomiting. The support team responded with nutritional assistance and encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Uh, John's ITU update. We've got the Commonwealth Games coming up next week. When does it start, John? So, well, I'm, I'm leaving uh, very early tomorrow morning. The Commonwealth Games triathlon is on Thursday this week. Uh, so, so it the, starts then. It's, it's one of the first sports because opening ceremonies on Wednesday. Commonwealth Games. Uh, maybe some sometimes you know the Olympics and that sometimes sports start a little bit earlier day yep. day or two before, um, but the Commonwealth Games uh, we have the sprint triathlon so first time ever that it's been a sprint and why triathlon. Do you know why I don't know exactly why but I'd assume it's a flat boring course okay um, small fields it's you know it's there to be a spectacle if you've got tiny little bunches riding around it's gonna be pretty boring so I think they'll probably probably get the same sort of result with a sprint as an Olympic. Where are you going to position yourself on the course? This is the big question. I've sorted this out. There's a corner which... So it's it's basically they ride up this road and they kind of do a little in and out of this dead end street. Yep. So we're going to position ourselves on that corner there so you get to see them go into the corner, out of the corner, come back the other way and then they also run past there. So we might miss the sort of swim. We'll see the swim start but then we'll get to that position. I think it might be a bit of a hot spot. Will you try to be on the finish line? No, we won't get there. Okay. Because you got to buy tickets if you want to. Do be you do the Vodafone five dollars a day thing? No, because I'm not with Vodafone. Oh, do you do five dollars a day when you're straight? I don't need it. I'm going on holiday. No, but you can watch the final weeks that go across the finish line as you're watching the race. Oh, we'll figure something out. Oh, Vodafone five dollars a day, John. <laughs> Okay, tell me about Commonwealth Games. You've done uh, a lot of research also, here. Also, the mixed relay. So, for those of you who don't know much about the Commonwealth Games, uh, in terms of triathlon, they've currently got. 16 of the 38 Olympic medalists all come from the Commonwealth countries and currently four of the top 10 ranked men and three of the top 10 ranked women on the ITU circuit are from Commonwealth nations. Uh, I would have predicted higher. uh, So would I, but I think for a change... Australia's not so strong. The Pommy girls probably have not been performing quite as well in terms of the regular Pom girls. Um, And yeah, I was a bit surprised by that. Yeah, because... Normally Australia's strong, the UK's strong, we normally get one or two in, mm. you know, and it's interesting. Damn Americans, especially on the female side of yeah. things, and then the Spanish on the male side of things. Um, so and the Germans? No, top 10? No, top no, 10? Germans are no good at Olympic distance. Oh, really? No, no good at all. Wow. Uh, so in terms of previous winners, 202, we had Carol Montgomery and Simon Whitfield. 206, we had Emma Snowsell and Brad Carterfelt. And the last time around, we had Alistair Brownlee and Jodie Stimson. Uh, this previous Commonwealth country, Commonwealth Games countries on the podium that are competing this time around. We've got Andrea Hewitt, she got bronze back in 06. We've got Brownlee, both the Brownleys, they podiumed at the last one along with Richard Murray and then Jodie Simpson and Vicky Holland who were both on the podium in 2004 as well. Jeez, Andrea's had a long career. She's very long, very long career and she wasn't that young a starter. I know she, she won the World Junior cha- Under 23 champs but she's been at it for... Because she was a, she was a, a, a surf try Person wasn't she? She did um, like beach sport. Yeah, so she's about, that was about two oh five. No, maybe two oh seven. She won the world. Yep, world. she's thirty five now. Mm. So she that was that was what twelve years, eleven years ago, twelve years ago. So that was when she was twenty four, mm. twenty three. But she certainly she's at the tail end of her career, but uh, still racing extremely well. So uh, it's a pretty small field, the Commonwealth Games field, but. You know, packed with quality, and it's going to be quite intriguing to see what happens. On the guys' side of things, I think mainly intrigue for me is to see what 
Alistair Brownlee can do. But on the start list, you've got only got 38 guys. Tyler Butterfield is number 38. Uh, but you've got a few athletes that I think will get lapped out. I think old Rocky Donald Ratu from the Sol- Solomon Islands takes the cake for the uh, for the best name. And you've got a few other names in there from some countries that maybe won't quite be at the front of the uh, proceedings. But yeah, pretty cool for those guys. But you turn up, you get to rest Brownlee and the likes of that. You know, Richard yeah. Murray. You're like pretty cool. Uh, so 38, 38 guys. 26 uh, females. 26 females. And again, you've got a few towards uh, the tail end that we'll see if they make it through the day. So it should be good times. Uh, just some general things on the Commonwealth Games. There's 70 nations approximately competing, and they have a minimum of 10 core sports and a maximum of 17 sports um, must be included in any Commonwealth Games. The current approved sports in the 10 when core say, sports. So when I say 10, it's athletics as a sport as yes, a whole. Yes, okay. so you've got yeah. athletics... These are the ones that are included in all Commonwealth Games. Athletics, badminton, boxing, hockey, lawn bowls, netball for women, rugby sevens, squash, swimming and weightlifting. Uh, and this time around there are 18 sports and they've also got seven para sports as well. It's, uh, for those in countries that don't really know much about the Commonwealth Games, it's, it's actually a pretty big thing in our world. Like in New Zealand in particular, I'm pretty sure in Australia and, and the other countries, and it's, it's a pretty big event, isn't it? It's for New Zealand sport in the public sense it'll really pick up during the, the event Games. we'll all get really full on into it but for the athletes for some of them this is their pinnacle event and what pinnacle event obviously you know pinnacle event means it's their highest thing but for a lot of them their funding is not a hundred percent dependent on this but heavily heavily weighted mm. and the reason for that is some of our athletes are not world class so they won't they'll never medal at the world championships or they'll never medal at the olympics and so their performance is pegged to commonwealth games and if they don't achieve very good results there or they do then that, that can be their funding for the next four years so it's incredibly important for the athletes and the individual sports uh, especially for new zealand from for australia and great britain yeah, probably not. I think less important for their athletes. Well, and, and it's probably because the, the profile of the event is so big in New Zealand. You know, that's why it gets the funding. Because you could argue there's plenty of world champions or, or high-level athletes in sports outside of these who get less funding but don't get to compete at the Commonwealth Games. And it's mm. partly because they're just a bit more obscure. And the Commonwealth Games definitely gets some exposure. So, but yeah, it's a cool time. We we like it. It's definitely a Poor Brothers Olympics, but um, but it doesn't it, feel too Poor Brother Olympic, does it? It, it varies in different sports. So. You know, know when you go to the 100 meters final of course you haven't got the likes of the americans and what have you but canadians you've got, you've got um canadians you've got but you've got all the trinidad and tobago yeah. and, and, and all the sort of caribbean nations so different sports very strong like triathlon you've got a very strong field there other sports as you said a little bit um less prestige there Lawn bowls we do all right we do quite well i was talking to bowls. joe's old man he won a big tournament the other day his biggest <laughs> tournament ever and he was saying we're, we're, we're gonna get a few medals in all bowls so there you go john it's an exciting time in the show because we're going to start now. We're teasing the crap out of you guys today because we're going to start our Kona draw. And what that means is we're going to give a little bit of facts around how it works. Yes, yeah, so we've got people who are paying $5 a month to be a patron of the show. If you're in doing that, you've got one ticket in this draw. If you've been paying $10 a month, then you get two tickets in the draw. And if you've been paying $20, you get three, three, dollars, yep. three tickets in the draw. So those are the different levels you can come in and support the show. And so I've got, um, I'm using random.org. I've got a spreadsheet of everybody okay. who's you go, paying up. And you go. uh, I'm going to hit the number and then let me just see. Numbers between what and what? Oh, no, I'm just going to keep it on myself, oh, okay. Aaron. Okay, I don't want to give too much away. And I'm going to give you the 
What am I going to give you first? I'm going to give you the last letter of the country of the world oh. from. <laughs> so, uh, Bevan, you tell us something, uh, and I'll try not to give the game away in case I know who the person well, is. Well, the cricket's going pretty well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not actually. The Poms got a bit of an advantage last night because what happened to the cricket team? Oh, who cares about the cricket? Photophone Warriors team. <laughs> Four games in a row. The yeah. Warriors, the New Zealand Warriors are kicking butt. And last weekend, I know American listeners love this, but last weekend with the Vodafone Warriors, they were playing one of the teams that kind of is a very, very top contender. So they won their first three games, but everyone was, yeah, but let's see what they're like against the top team. And they pulled their oh, pants did they, down, didn't what? they? What? Their pants down, they kept them down. They kept them down. They said, look at the small size of that thing. <laughs> you know? And so, and so uh, the mighty Warriors are delivering big time. Yeah, did I fill the gap for you? You did fill the gap. Well, now... I'm just going to make sure I, uh, my spelling is correct. So the last letter of the uh, of the country this person is from is E. Oh, E. Well, John, I'm hopeless for spelling, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah, e. So there you go. If your e. country name ends with E, you end with a chance. You end with a chance. Yeah, there we go. We're going to come back to that later on the show because we're big teasers. Just some little facts here. Um, basically, less than three percent of our listeners are patrons to the show. So those who are, thank, thank you, you so much, really, because the patronage is a big reason we continue off the show. So thank you so much for that. Why do we have patrons? It's one of the things that we do. To, um, a good number of people chip in. Everyone, everyone wins because those who aren't paying, you, you get the value of the show. Hopefully, we provide some weekly entertainment. John, I got an email this morning. Mm-hmm. Someone said we should get a Nobel Prize for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, he's right. They put us up for the award. Uh, you get better informed on what's going on in our sport and you get to know the pros better and hopefully learn some tips that help you race faster as well. So this is, you know, it's basically in today's world, you're supporting great content is something that we have to do. So those who are patrons, thank you very much. It would be cool to get that number up to 5% of listeners. So if you're thinking about it, Jump on board. Anyway, uh, let's talk about last week's discussion. Now, John, I, I, you have to admit, I got more answers. <laughs> we didn't. We, we did. Oh, the week before you got three. Have you read through the answers? Yeah, I know. No one admits to cheating. No one. <laughs> no this, one. this is why I was like, this is a stupid <laughs> discussion. So everyone's liars because we've all cheated at some stage. So the discussion was this week we're going deep. Oh, yeah, we went deep. <laughs> Have you ever cheated on any level? If you have, think back to that time. Why did you make the choice that you made? And as predicted by yours truly, we didn't get anybody admitting. We got to a lot of answers, but cheating. we got 20, 26 answers. Oh, goodness. Let's read through some of them. John, you go first. Uh, Brett Samut, I once finished a training run and got into my car and noticed that my watch slowed. Uh, showed 9.98 kilometres, so I pressed resume and drove the extra 200 metres slowly as I couldn't be stuffed getting out and running. That is poor form. Yeah. That Okay, that deserves some shame, public shaming. <laughs> you can't you're go on Strava saying you're done 10K as you've driven the last 200 metres. Yes. Just run 200 metres, mate. Up yeah. and up. David Sobel's got, well, I'm in Wisconsin. I had my cousin run into the convenience shop to get me a Pepsi. It was mid-bike and I needed some caffeine and sugar desperately. I didn't realise till after it was outside assistance. Given my lack of speed and my finish time, I didn't let my guilt get the best of me too much. Guess my moral compass is slightly off. Aaron Morgan, this is gold one, never cheated. Absolutely not. I'm Australian and we have a proud sporting culture of (laughs) not cheating. Australia home. Um, David Mann, he's got him a crap summit and really slow in the pool. Swim, I got lapped by a couple of people and when I got to 12 laps, they told me I was on my last rep, i.e. 
they counted 14. I told them there was t- I was too short, but they insisted I did two more and got out. I guess I could have swam two more regardless. Is that me cheating or not? Yes, you're cheating yourself, David. Uh, Toby Schnell, uh, Steve Smith told me, but of course I said no. <laughs> nice. Steve Smith told me too. Steve Smith's the captain of the was the captain of the Australian cricket team. Good old Daniel Gaskins put his mates in it. I personally witnessed Rob Dallymore and Craig Kirkwood standing next to each other on their bikes on the sideline during a number of road races I've never intentionally drafted. Brian Dunn, now this was cheating. I cut a run course uh, turn cone short by about five feet once, as I thought its placement was. Idiotic. So there was a protest, yes. a protest cheat. Yeah. So what you know is, got if cheating is defined by deliberately running outside a course, cutting corners and cross country, and yes, I have cheated. I am notorious for it unless he owns up. But certainly nothing as bad as cheating Australian cricketers who are hypocrites for bleating on about playing within the spirit of the cricket, but then behave like complete cocks off the field. <laughs> kind of dug it in. Anyone else, John? Uh, David Sobel, I'm in Wisconsin. I had my cousin run into a convenience shop to get no, me a... No, did you read that one? Oh, did you? Sorry, yeah. I, was, I was listening really intently. Um, Rob Yolo uh, and drafting is cheating people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, anyone else, John? No, we didn't get anybody really admitting to proper cheating. Which Are you it? surprised, Bevan? Well, it, it is interesting. No one's really inter- interested in looking at deeper level on themselves. Have you ever cheated? <laughs> I've drafted in races, and I'll admit to that. See, and you're always cheating the swim start. You yes. do, John. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen you, John Newsom. Yeah, I wouldn't say I've done that recently, but certainly in my younger days. No, I, last time I raced, you did. When? At the bloody South Island Triathlon. After my younger days, I'm <laughs> forty plus now. Uh, so I will admit to going on two. If somebody's going to do a five, four, three, two, one countdown. In my younger days, I would have gone <laughs> on <two>. Younger days. <laughs> yesterday, your younger days. Sub 40, I would have done that. And I will admit that I have uh, have drafted in races. Probably more again in my younger days. Um, and haven't got a good excuse for it other than the standard everyone else was doing it. And you kind of... Uh, were gonna, it's you been normalised, John. You were going to get left behind. If you're doing an Olympic distance race and when people are literally riding two metres apart... Mm. It's, uh, it's uh, I'll, I'll admit to that. See, I haven't cheated much in sport. Not that I, not, like I didn't really draft much because I was an Ironman only. And I don't know, I was just a good guy. You know, that's how I roll. And, you know, I, I always start when the gun goes off. So that's, that's one of my good things. Um, but when I was younger, I was the biggest cheat ever. I was, when it comes to morals as a young man, mm. I really had no morals at all, John. Mm. And it's been really interesting because I've become, I've grown to be a moral person who has standards. And, and I think the problem is when you cheat is the sense of loss of self. You actually lose the opportunity to, to grow because you look for the easy way out. And also there's a sense of freedom. Like I think of the younger of myself who wasn't necessarily the most moral person. There was definitely a, there was definitely a cost of that in my life. You know what I mean? And, and how I perceived myself. Whereas nowadays because I try to hold my standards high, um, I, I, you know, like I don't have the guilt or I feel free in being who I am. So, yeah. Cheating is a lot of time people, if you don't get caught, like there's Australians. The, the reason Bevan came out with this topic is the Australians cheated in a cricket game. I don't think they'd feel bad after the cricket game if they hadn't been caught. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But then what's? The, but then you've lost the opportunity to really challenge yourself, haven't you? Because the real moment of that is we're losing this game. Can I rise up to see if I can win it? Mm. And if you can't, well, then you get motivated. If you cheat and you win, you think you're a winner. Mm. Then how does that make you mean you look for your future of your life? Mm. You know. So it's good to see no one in our show mm. other than other you. Than me. <laughs> 
has ever cheated. Yeah. These days, I wouldn't. Well, no, I got busted for cheat for drafting in Kona, and I will admit that I would have been inside the draft zone. But there was There's more no circumstances. Bad, yeah. and I, you know, I'm making excuses, but I don't intentionally, and I never did intentionally go out there to cheat. But you get put in positions where it's impossible. Of not course, to. you can not draft, but it's going to be very, very difficult not to. And again, I'm making excuses. I could have sat. 10 metres off but then you're out of the race and when I was young and and you know full on you know my objective was to try to you know do as well as I could at the races and if you dropped off you would have been uh, complete history and really John when you think about it I'm going to start I've got a new nickname for you mm, Smithy cheap. Yeah. <laughs> there we go so that's this week's discussion next week's discussion is actually a good one so um, if you were going to get a temporary tattoo or a mantra or write something on your day and yourself for a race day what would it be slash say oh then it's good did you come up with that one I did oh. partly because Sharon Brophy legendary yeah. photographer she's got some awesome pictures from my sea to sky uh, she took a picture there was a guy coming off the track uh, onto the beach and he had something written up his arm I can't actually remember what it was but um, yeah if you were going to write something on your arm or get something tattooed permanent potentially people um, do know this don't they i got a friend Joey she's a cool cool chick and um, she's got some really cool nice font just on her arms and it's actually a really cool look and um, I can't remember the sayings but I'm thinking oh, that's kind of cool John let's do sponsor sponsor Extreme Endurance. Okay, tell me about it. Uh, if you've got a race coming up, it is clinically proven to reduce your lactic acid by 15 to 26%, give you 39% reduction in oxidative stress, lowers your CK levels, improves your aerobic threshold by double digits, benefits, and this is a key thing, if you have got an event coming up, benefits within 72 hours. Another key thing is these days there's so much scepticism about Drugs and whatever, you, whatever and what you can and can't take, but it's uh, it's affiliated with the improved uh, and the informed sport and the informed choice certified, which means it is free from banned substances, so you can take it confidently, knowing that you're not breaking any rules. So, remember the promo code IMTalk20, guys. I'd urge you if you're doing a spring marathon or anything like that coming up, and you want to just get to that next level, or you're going to be doing a preparation race. For one of those events, get on it. Uh, it's only forty six ninety five. Put on the I Am Talk promo code and you get twenty percent off that. If you're an international listener um, and you're not in the sort of EU zone or in, in North America, they've now got improved shipping uh, rates for different parts of the world. So get on there. It's still going to be reasonable when you're shipping internationally, of course, but when you factor in the twenty percent discount and stuff, um, you should be able to get it at a good rate. So check it out xendurance.com well what's really interesting as well John is like you talk often talk about get close to race get on it you can kind of periodise how you use xendurance mm. can't you but in that big block of training mm. it's a good time to use it because what we want to know is consistency is important for performance but turning up day in day out and doing quality training is often hard when you get to that big block because mm -hmm. it's just your fatigue factor so high so this things like sleep nutrition rest is also really important but if you can use this alongside then in that big block of training where you're going to get your biggest gains you're going to make, create a better machine for your race, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, John, let's do... Oh, let's hit me with some music, Bevan. Oh, okay, let's hit me with some music. music. music.
Scribble of the Week. Okay, okay, John. Good old Scott Richdale sent through. This is a great one. I would like to nominate Diana Simpson Simpson for Age Grouper of the Week. A look at last week's results at Ironman New Zealand will quickly show you why she deserves this award. Diana finished in an eye-popping 9 hours, 41 minutes and 47 seconds with a nicely balanced day consisting of a 54 swim, a 520 bike and a 320 run. That is a Great race, isn't it? Sensational. Yeah. Not only was this time good enough to be first overall age group woman home, it was good enough to be fourth overall woman home. Wow, and that's including the pros. Her win in the 35 to 49 age group was the domination dojo. Dominating, she dominated dojo with 38 minutes um, over her next person, and she got eighth overall male in the division of 35 to 39. Ah, nice work. That is pr- impressive to say the least he's got here. On top of this, her time was, uh, I am... New Zealand's age group women's record, taking seven minutes off Belinda Harper's 9.48 in 2010. Diana trains with Tony O'Hagan's group here up in Auckland and is a prime example that hard work and dedication get you a long way in the sport. She is one of the most supportive and motivating training partners out there and deserves everything she achieves in Ironman. With a fourth place in her age group Kona last year, her result last Saturday indicates that the age group win in Kona this year will be well within reach. Good luck on the lava fields in October, Diana. Such an impressive result is a no-brainer for age group. That is mind-blowing. So just to reiterate, she was fourth there. So you had the top three at Ironman New Zealand, Laura Siddell, Teresa Adam and Jocelyn McCauley. She finished fourth female overall. And Bevan, as Bevan said, she stacked up very well against the males. The second best age group at Ironman New Zealand was uh, Sam Bradley, who was 16 minutes behind. That's Sam Warriner, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that's Sam Warriner. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong there, um, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, So that's impressive. 16 minutes in front of Diana Simpson. That's really impressive, isn't it? In front was Diana Simpson, yeah. And to get top 10 in the men. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, that's pretty... uh, Is I mean a split start? What's the start of New Zealand now? Yes, it is. Okay, so she wasn't necessarily starting with those guys, but still... Bloody, that's quality. She's got, she's got to feel pretty confident. Come on, going, Kiwi. Going we're going to get some Kiwi gold and and kind of this. Oh, we're getting gold. Come on, Diana. You, you are, are gold. It's Gruber of the week. week. There we go. Love your work. And thanks, Scott, for sending that through. Okay, John. Second, second. What are we doing in the second part of the draw? The kind of draw. So we're doing the first letter of the surname. Okay, so if you remember back, your rain breaking. the last letter of the country was an E. So we'll name the country. Shall okay. Okay. It's Singapore. I thought it was Singapore. Partly because I looked at your screen. The first letter of the surname. So you're in Singapore. Is P. And your last name begins with a P. Now, some people are getting pretty excited right now. Now, thinking it might be them, but we might have more listeners in Singapore because we actually have quite a pretty good listenership in Asia, Singapore, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Asia, yeah. Lots of in like Singapore, Hong Kong, those areas there. Quite a big relationship. So, um, so just because your last name begins with P and you're in Singapore doesn't guarantee you win. But there's a pretty good chance. Mm-hmm. Ooh, pretty exciting stuff. Okay, John, we've got an interview. Matt Hansen, super fast pro, super fast runner, and got some interesting stories to tell. So here is Matt Hansen right now. Okay, guys, we've got uh, a man who has won some regional championship Ironman races around the world. Uh, he also holds a run course records at a number of races, including Ironman New Zealand. Uh, his favourite colour is green, his favourite foods are tacos, <laughs> and his favourite pre-race, post-race food is pepperoni pizza. So if you want to grease up to him after a race, go get some pepperoni pizza and have a chat to him. His name's Matt Hansen. Welcome to the show. 
Ah, uh, thank you for having me. Where, where'd you find that out from, John? Is that on your website, Matt? <laughs> I must be somewhere. And do you like long I, walk, I walks know. on the beach? Do you? <laughs> it was it was accurate at one point in time, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, a, a number of people know you because you, you have won some um, races, but they might not know too much about your your background. So, again, my my diligent research on your website had you only starting sort of triathlon around about 2011, and and you were a pro by the by the end of 2013 so maybe tell us a bit about your sort of pre-triathlon days and and how you sort of came about to becoming a pro athlete sure uh pre-triathlon days i guess um i i wrestled all through um high school and up into college oh that's when, funny when you, say, when you say wrestled you didn't wrestle with school you're actually wrestling competitive wrestling yes yeah. yes that's funny um, funny transition from that to triathlon yeah, um, that that happened. Um, I guess a little bit by accident. That uh, triathlon stuck. When I was 16, um, I was at a wrestling camp that was a month long, and uh, one of the uh, mentors that I had kind of um, developed there uh, challenged me to make a list of 50 goals for the next 10 years of life, and I took that challenge fairly seriously. And uh, competing in an Ironman for some reason was on. Um, that list. I had never really you know, seen an Ironman or didn't know much about triathlon. I didn't know anybody that even did a triathlon, but for some reason it made the list. And so um, I ended up carrying that list of goals around for 10 years. And, and when I was 25, uh, every year I would look at it on my birthday. And when I was 25, um, I had one year left, I guess, of <laughs> Uh, to get as much done as I could. And so I saw that doing an Ironman was still one that I could uh, go after. And so um, I signed up for Ironman Coeur d'Alene and just planned on being one and done. But uh, at Coeur d'Alene, I ended up qualifying for Kona. And um, after Kona, then I kind of really felt like I could, uh, I'd found a new hobby, I guess. And and that uh, is I guess, how my entry into triathlon came about. So just in terms of your wrestling, um, in New Zealand we had, uh, we used to have a guy, John Hellemans, who used to do a lot of coaching for our elite athletes and, and a number of Olympians, and uh, he used to bring in a guy, a friend of his, who was, uh, ex- I, think, I think he was the highest um, karate what do you call them, judokas in, in the country, and he used to bring them in and, and they'd do sessions with him, both mental sessions and also physical sessions. Is there much that you can actually draw across from your wrestling days uh, and actually apply to triathlon or, or not so much? Um, there's a lot, but there's a lot that can also get you in trouble as well. Um, <laughs> so you have to be careful with that. Uh, when I first when I first came to the sport um, of triathlon and started training for it, um, I was training, you know, not, I was working on a master's degree and then, um, for the first half of the year, then a doctorate for the second half of the year. Uh, so I wasn't, um, devoting a ton of time to it. So the mentality worked fine, but as I started to transition into this being, uh, more and more of a time consuming, uh, endeavor, and then eventually my full-time job, uh, I quickly learned that you can't take the same approach that you do with wrestling, um, in triathlon and, in wrestling, you know, you're, you're always trying to bury yourself. You're always trying to work as hard as you possibly can. Um, and you can't do that day in, day out in triathlon, like you can in wrestling. Um, you have to, uh, know when to just 
get through a session and, and uh, get some aerobic time in, but then also know when and know how to, to flip it on and, and you know, get after it for a couple intervals. Um, but I think I had a brief stint where I was just uh, going too hard um, all the time, and, and uh, it, eventually uh, that came up and bit me. What about your running background? Because it's you know you're you're renowned as a very good triathlete, but your run is where you seem to be you know setting course records. And I know you've had um, you know some, I think you might have even set a course record on the bike last year somewhere. So that's coming along. But your run is really where you've often been crushing it. What sort of run background have you had? Um, I ran in high school. Um, I started running um, because my dad ran, and, and that was my way of spending time with him. When I was a kid, um, he would. Take, I would wait for him to come home from work and we would go on a run and I would run his warm up with him and then he would drop me off and then go off on the rest of his run. By seventh grade, it was we were running together and by ninth grade, I would drop him off after my warm up and then I would go run. <laughs> um, so I, I did run in high school, um, but it was always for wrestling. Like it was always, I, I didn't really train like a distance runner should. Um, I, I ran the mile and, and the two mile. Uh, in high school and then, and then I did cross country as well. Um, but it was always, I was always lifting, uh, in the weight room like a wrestler and always kind of taking the same approach, um, as, as, uh, a wrestler would, you know, I never learned how to, how to really run or train for endurance running. Like when I went to state for the two mile, for example, I think my first mile was, you know, I had a, uh, about a 30 second lead on the field and ended up like eighth or something, you know, just, I had, you know, I just would go out and run as hard as I could. Um, there, there, there was a, a bit of, of talent, but it was definitely un, undefined. How have you physically changed? Like, cause I imagine you had a lot more muscle mass back in those times. Like how's your body changed in, from being a wrestler to who you are now? Yeah. At one point I had discernible muscle mass, uh, in the upper body, not so much now. Um, I've always been, you know, or I guess since I got to college, I was always roughly the same weight, uh, one, you know, 50 to 155. Um, I think that's 68 kilos roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't really changed that much, but, um, I guess it's migrated South, um, more in the legs now than, than was it when I was in college. In regards to, you know, like, do you think it's been an advantage as in for your your body structure that you did so much strength before you were a triathlete? Yeah, I think it's helped with the durability a lot. Um, I think it's it's helped me um, you know stay stay rather healthy. Um, I haven't really had much for nagging injuries. Um, the last injury that I really had that you know I actually missed a training session for. Um, well, aside from a bike crash or something like that, was um, you know in 2014 I had uh, oh, wow. some tendonitis um, in one of my Achilles. But since then, you know I've I've been fairly fortunate. Um, I've had a few uh, crashes and, and things like that that have kept me from training, but nothing you know f- like from a chronic or or uh, overuse type. And, and I definitely think that um, one being younger in the sport helps. Um, and then two, just having the durability and, and the strength training background. And I didn't ask, where, where are you based in now and, and where are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, Minnesota and I'm currently based in, in Iowa, in Storm Lake, Iowa. Very nice. 
So, you know, looking at your progression, you know, I've mentioned a couple of times you've had some, some really good race wins um, and you've sort of been pro for, for a number of years now. Has the progression sort of been what you'd wanted or what you expected or has it been a bit of a yo-yo? You know, how have the, how have the last few years gone versus perhaps what you expected to happen or hoped to happen? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a yo-yo. I've had some really good races and some really not good races. Um, actually, when I took my elite license here in, in uh, I believe, the end of 13, beginning of 14, um, I really never planned on doing this full-time. I, I was working at the university. I was teaching um, exercise science and exercise physiology at the at the college and was a couple months away from tenure. Um, so, I, my kind of professional career was was set, but um, I ended up winning Ironman Texas in 2015, which was a regional championship mm-hmm. at the time. And and then uh, shortly thereafter, I was I was meeting with a student, and um, I think it was two days after the race, I was meeting with a student about setting up some summer internships. And I was, I remember telling her that you know we wanted to get this internship and this internship so we could set her up. Uh, to be able to chase after what she wants to do most in life. And I just sat back and like, um, I'm kind of being a hypocrite right now. Uh, I love teaching. Um, I love the university. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that at that point I realized that my passions were and my goals were all about triathlon and, and no longer really about what I was doing at the college, at least um, for the next few years of life anyways. Um, so, my wife and I kind of had some long talks, but made the decision to to make this a full time endeavor. And then uh, right after that, I had the worst string of races I've ever had, <laughs> uh, which which uh, was definitely you know, the end of fifteen and beginning of sixteen was was uh, some stressful times. But um, I think what happened was I I stopped having fun. I it it turned into my job and and. Um, I started racing for results rather than racing for the process. And I, I realized that after, um, after a while, probably a little longer than I should have, but I finally realized that and, uh, got back to the, the, uh, the fun and the process of the daily grind. And, and, um, even in races, just having a better mindset about, you know, just focusing on ticking boxes rather than who, who's doing what and how that's going to affect my result or anything like that. So, um, yeah, sorry, that was a, a bit of a long an- uh, no, answer good. to the it's question. Good. But if we extend on that, how do you how do you do that? Because it's easy to say, well, go back to the intrinsic, go back to the enjoyment, go back to what's really important about the sport. But you do this to support a family. So how do, how are you able to mentally kind of switch back or to that place? Yeah, um, it, it's not easy. Um, I've been fortunate enough to. Um, be able to, you know, use my education a little bit, and uh, I'm coaching a, a couple athletes, and and um, so that that helps at least keep some uh, some income coming in on a regular basis. And then I'm also, um, you know, my, you know, uh, I'm not the only one uh, supporting the household, so uh, we have a, a little bit different here in the states. But my wife's job like provides insurance and things like that oh, um, that are nice. And so um, at this point, we can survive without winning races. Um, it, not necessarily the way that we intended to survive when we uh, first got married and thought we were going to both live the university life for 
um, you know, for, for the rest of our times and have, you know, nice summers off and all that good stuff. But, um, (laughs) it, uh, it works anyways. And, and I think that, um, by the, the hardest thing is, and, but also the most important thing is to remember really why you're doing that. And that, that answer is different for everybody, but you have to know why you're there. Um, and if you, um, know that it's a little bit easier to focus on on uh, the process side of things. This is this is a question I haven't actually asked before, but I thought uh, this this might be a good one. Um, if you know, Kona is obviously really really important, and you you're yet to sort of crack it in Kona. You've cracked it at other races um, around the world. We've you've been really solid and and won like regional championships, which is no mean feat. You know, if you were to say look at the season, and I'm not sure how your season maps out, but if we said we could give you two Ironman wins um, somewhere, or or a top five at Kona, which is going to be more beneficial to you or, or which would you want more? Uh, top five at Kona. Um, I think that I'm in this sport to win a world championship and um, I obviously need to, to have solid results to get there. Um, but, you know, the, the my goals in the sport um, evolve, uh, revolve around um, doing well on the big island. I've spent a lot of time training there. Um, I've, uh, done some testing and recently, um, gotten the heat lab and, and tried to, uh, figure out a couple of things on the nutrition side of things and what, what my body is doing, um, there, you know, I'm, I'm taking every step that I possibly can to put myself in the best situation for, um, you know, for doing well at Kona. And, you know, that includes even the races that I choose now. Um, I think I could probably, have a few more wins if I structured my uh, my yearly schedule um, differently, but uh, it's it's got me to Kona, and I, I feel like it's the way that is going to lead to the biggest chance for success on the island. So that's kind of what I'm sticking with. Now, now talking about Kona, I looked at your results here, and in 2013, I think you you went there as an age grouper, but you ran bloody two hours 53, which I'd imagine that would probably be in the top 15 or so run splits overall on the day, um, let alone age groupers. Um, but you only managed to finish ninth in your age group. So I was going to ask, um, did you absolutely kill that run? Well, at the time obviously indicates that you did. Um, but maybe was the bike and the run not uh, not quite as uh, rank, rank you quite as highly? No, I had what happened? Tires. <laughs> okay, there so we go. I, I sat on the side of the road for 20 minutes. Um, with uh, the, I had two flat kits, and so I got a front, front and back. Um, I must have hit the same piece of coral or something, and and uh, both went flat at the same time, um, and then fixed both of those. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know what happened if I pinched or something like that. But you know, less than ten minutes later, my uh, front went flat again, so I had to sit on the side of the road wait for uh, some somebody to come back and give me a, a third spare kit and so uh yeah i was actually having a really really great race and um got to about the bottom of the hill out of javi and um that was when things kind of came to a standstill unfortunately um obviously uh not (laughs) an ideal day but um i honestly don't think i would have taken my pro card if that went to happen Mm. Um, I never really planned on doing it, but 
when that happened on the, on the last like 30 mile stretch back into town, you know, I knew I wasn't going to have the result that I came there for. Uh, and so I kind of decided there that I wanted to race again as soon as possible, mm-hmm. regardless of what happened on the run. And the way to do that, um, was to take a, my elite license so I could go and race in, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh, funny. Um, Justin Cotto, we seem to remember you crashed on the hot corner a couple of years ago. Um, I did. Yeah. How have, how have your other performances gone at Kona, like overall as a pro since that 2014 race? How, how have they gone? Um, well, I had 2015, I, I didn't go in 2014. Um, 2015, I crashed and then um, didn't go again in 16 um, and then came back in, in 2017 last year and just. Uh, wasn't able to put together a good day. Um, I, yeah, just, uh, my nutrition plan wasn't the way that I, um, I needed to be. Um, I think at the finish line, when I weighed myself at the end, I was down, uh, 11 pounds. Um, I don't know what that is in kilos, I guess, but yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, and so, and I did, I had a great build leading into it, but I think um, I didn't come down enough over the summer looking back and tried to carry the fitness that I had from May um, all the way in through the race. I didn't, I didn't kind of get out of shape over the summer um, for, or, and take a legitimate break. And, and so I, I ended up getting a little bit of a virus the week before the race and thought I'd be able to kick it and and never really did. And I ended up cramping from, you know, about 30 minutes into the swim for the, on for the rest of the day. Mm. Um, and you know, so I learned a lot about that and, uh, in terms of what I need to do differently on the buildup. Um, I think, um, I had a great build. I just didn't, uh, take the time off to let the body recover, um, from the first build I did, um, and tried to, tried to take that through. And so talking with coach Julie after the fact that that was our biggest takeaway from last year. Um, but we also, you know, knew that, um, I can't, you know, I I've learned to function, uh, dehydrated from wrestling, but that, you know, that's way too much. That's a very high percentage of my body weight to be leaving out on the course. And, um, so I ended up going to the, uh, the heat lab and doing some testing. And, you know, I was taking in about two bottles an hour, but I found out in the lab that my sweat rates three liters an hour. And so, uh, yeah, uh, which was kind of baffling to them that somebody my size was losing that much fluid. Um, but, uh, that has changed the way I'm approaching, uh, how I need to do my, (laughs) my nutrition plan for that race, especially. Mm. Um, what, so what do you think for you, other than getting nutrition right, you know, what are the keys for you to, to basically be able to crack Kona you know, and, and, and get that top performance you're after? Yeah, I think I've got the tools. I just need to execute a good race. Um, I, you know, obviously, anybody that any at least male pro that you ask about the race, the swim is such an important factor. And that's something that I spent a lot of time working on. Um, you know, when I was there in, in 15, I think I, I don't, I think I swam an hour flat. Um, I had a terrible swim. I didn't handle the, the chop, uh, at all. And when I, you know, this year I was swimming with the front pack, um, until I started to cramp at, you know, at the three K mark and, uh, and still ended up swimming like a 50, 
one um, or 52, maybe I don't remember, but it was by far the best swim I've put together despite, you know, um, all the issues that I had in the last K. So I'm moving in the right direction there. Um, I think if I'm able to do that, um, you know, and then just biking with my head, um, that, and just going about the bike to set up a good run, which means getting off the bike, um, with tanks that aren't completely empty. And, and so how does your season sort of look? Are you changing at all? I see you're on the start list for, for Texas. So I guess, how do you, how do you sort of structure your winter, um, or your sort of off season? If you've done Kona and you're doing Texas, do you have a decent break or, or are you sort of doing tri training all the way through winter? What's your sort of winter approach and, and what's your plan for this season? Yeah, I took, I, I tried to race once after, after Texas and Austin, um, and that virus that I had leading into Kona wasn't, uh, it didn't leave. And so I'd had, you know, if you have a cold for five weeks, it's, it, it's time to take a break. If your body can't fight something off like that, um, uh, it's telling you, you know, that if you keep going, something worse is going to happen. So, uh, we took, I took two weeks off then, um, and then I swam, for a week. And so then the third week we started back up with uh, a kind of a aerobic phase over that led into uh, my winter training. Um, I'm in Iowa. I don't know if you know kind of where that is, but it's, uh, we had, we got, we still have snow on the ground. We got uh, a nice, uh, lovely snowstorm on Friday. So um, I do almost all of my training over the winter indoors. Um, so it's a lot of time on the, on the indoor trainer in the treadmill. Um, and then of course the indoor pool here in town. Um, I did add a, a, a cycling coach to work with coach Julie and myself as well. So, uh, Matt Botchel now is working with me on the bike and then, uh, Julie Dibbins is, is, uh, kind of man, you know, the, the CEO of me, I guess, uh, uh, managing the overall stress and, uh, and then puts the swim and the, and the run together. But those two work together, um, amazingly well. So, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of biking over the soft season, um, a lot of biking and then a lot of, uh, of longer swim sets. That's kind of what has been leading me into the April races. I head down to I'll do Galveston here in, I guess, a, a week and a half, and um, I'll stay down in Texas between Galveston and Ironman, Texas, which is um, uh, another three weeks, and then hopefully get the job done at Texas to be set for Kona after that. About all I know about Iowa, I think, uh, is the Des Moines Triathlon, and isn't it isn't yeah. a potato country as well? Is that right? And it's really important for politics. Because it's like <laughs> Iowa is like one of the first in, the, in every electoral run, isn't it? And it's really important for politics. Yeah, so... So uh, it's corn country. Uh, so all my outdoor riding is through cornfields and windmills. Um, and uh, the Des Moines Triathlon used to be, I believe it used to be the biggest tri- uh, prize purse yeah. uh, for a race outside of Kona. But uh, actually, they, they just lost the pro field as of now, unless nice. a sponsor comes in and uh, picks that up. It'll be an unsponsored un, uh, event here this year. Um, so who knows what will happen with that. And then, yeah, it is, it is the uh, caucus country. So yeah. uh, the, first, the first caucus of, of each um, election comes through uh, Iowa. So. You get a lot of political ways, don't you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Just 
just, just before we go, we've got some standard questions we ask. But before we do, what's kind of been your proudest moment as a pro up until this point in time? Proudest moment as a pro? Yeah. Um, I mean, winning Ironman Texas the first time was was pretty awesome. Uh, the the second time to to set an American record was was great as well. Um, but I honestly think that um, you know the the proudest moments that I have that I can remember are crossing the finish line and having your wife wait for you. Um, there, you can't replicate that feeling ever um, because she's you know sacrificed a lot. I you know, because of where I'm at, I have to travel a lot and I'm gone. Uh, for long periods of times and uh, you know it yeah it, it uh, is really validating when um, you can cross the finish line and, and uh, have her be the first person I see good we've got a few standard questions we by, by the way that's great brownie points I yeah, tell yeah, you make sure she listens to this because you're you're in like Flynn that's all I'm going to say <laughs> the, the, the doors are jarred yeah. here is um, a few standard questions. When you're on the start line and uh, you, you know there's either been uh, there's somebody been who's, who's had a positive drugs test and they're, they're back racing or there's controversy surrounding, do, does it do you care about that? Does, does it motivate you? Do you have strong opinions or it's like if they've served their time, just get on with it. Um, tough question. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, we want our sport to be clean. Um, I wish they would test a heck of a lot more than they do. Um, the you know, the, it, it's it's always tough to you know. There's always things that you know make make you wonder and and um, you know if if uh, someone's tested positive once, you know, you never know. Um, mm. But on the on the you know on the other side of things, when it comes down to a race, you know I don't worry about that because um, you know in the end it, it really doesn't matter. Um, it's it's all about what you can do uh, on the day, and and again it gets back to um, you know what we first started talking about in the process is you know if you're worried about some what somebody else is doing or what's in somebody else's water bottle or um, you're not worrying about your process, and so. Um, you know, I think as long as I keep focusing on that, you know, the rest is just kind of noise. It's unfortunate noise, but at the end, that's, that's what it is. Uh, just a nutrition based questions. Um, kind of race morning breakfast, what you eat during your typical Ironman and post race meal. Sure. I, um, I've been working with first endurance, uh, for a number of years. I'm uh, lucky enough to be on their research board. So, um, I've been able to um, help d- develop some of the products that I'm actually using, which is mm. also nice. Yeah. Um, so I I do all fluid on race morning. So I I take two servings of their recovery um, blend, which is um, called Ultragen. So that's three hours before the race, and then I'll uh, sip on um, a weak blend of the um, of the stuff that I use on the bike, the EFS pro. And then obviously, hopefully nothing during the swim, but usually there's quite a bit of seawater or salt water or whatever. Uh, and then on the bike, I try to get, uh, between 450 and 500 calories an hour of, um, of the EFS pro, which is sometimes difficult just because, um, you have to mix it pretty thick. And, um, but that's what I've, obviously I can get by through the bike without, with less, but 
when I get closest to 500 calories an hour, that's when I run the best. And again, it, you know, on the bike, it's, it's about setting up, um, the, the run, uh, for me. So I have to get, I can't, um, get off the bike and, and be in a calorie deficit or too much of a calorie deficit because I want to be able to run hard. And when you're running hard, you don't process, um, calories as easily. So on the run, it's, it's primarily cola. Um, I run with a, a gel flask of the liquid shot that EF or that first endurance has, but, uh, I try to get cola at every aid station and dump as much water on myself to cool down as I can. Excellent. Um, and then post races, uh, yeah, depending on how the gut feels, sometimes I can eat, sometimes I can't. <laughs> then, you, then you get on the pepperoni pizza. Yeah, that's can. right. Pepperoni with pizza. The one thing about Kona, the, the, the post-race food, they always have that pizza yeah, there. Yeah. So, sure you yeah, love them yeah. um, Technology side of things, what technology do you use in training and do you also use that in racing? Yeah, I use uh, mostly Polar products right now um, and then the cork, obviously. And, and yeah, I, I definitely race with all those. Um, during the race on the bike, I'll use power as a guide. Uh, I'll always wear the heart rate monitor, um, on the run. I typically I'll, I'll check, um, for splits, but I really try to run off a of feel as much as I can. I've, I've got my Ironman pace dialed in pretty well and, and I've learned to listen to my body, um, fairly well, I think. And, um, I usually during the race, I, I rely on that information more, um, to learn after. So I'll go back and analyze the race afterwards and, and look at, you know, what I was feeling throughout certain points of the race and what happened to my power, what my heart rate was doing. And then, um, you know, the same with, with, uh, the pace and the heart rate on the run. I think you can learn a ton by looking back at your races. Um, and if you get too in love with numbers during the race, you can kind of, and stop listening to what your body's telling you. You can uh, set yourself up for a tough day as well. Just, just, just. I'm looking at your bio again, and I'm noticing that your favorite music is the Eagles, Sticks, and Tom Petty. Now you're only 32. What's what, what's with the old school music? Yeah, you know, I uh, I grew up working at uh, at my uncle's. Uh, well, I worked on the farm with my grandpa, and he was a country music fan. I never really was a country music fan uh, until recently, but um, I spent a lot of time working at my uh, uncle's uh, mechanic shop as well and uh that's what was always on there so that's just kind of what i i got used to i i never was really able to stomach the popular uh music at the time i guess i yeah i still can't so uh, <laughs> uh next one is um with you with regards to your legs do you wax or shave do I, I do not wax i usually uh pull the woolly, woolly mammoth look off as long as I possibly can nice. and, and wait till about two days before the race before, uh, before shaving down. I swear, I think I'm the only male that waxes. I haven't, uh, nobody else right. uh, Yeah, you're, you're a wild man. Lastly, if you were to do a straight marathon where you train for a good amount of time and that was your only focus, how fast do you think you could do it? Ah, uh, good question. I think I could, I think the Olympic trials, um, qualifying is a 220 i believe and i, I think i could qualify for that nice. uh, i definitely couldn't ever do anything in terms of making a push for qualifying for olympics at all i've ran uh 232 on a training day um and and that was in a in a structured set so there was recovery built into the set so i think i i could do 
yeah, I think that's about what I could do. Um, I'll probably never find out because that just sounds incredibly painful. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never, I've actually never ran a, a standalone, like a 10 K race or a, or oh, a straight really? marathon. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've, I haven't done a 5k race since, um, yeah, since high school. Wow. Wow. Um, anything else you want to get out there in terms of what you've, uh, maybe what you've got coming up this season or any other news you want to share with the listeners? Um, not that I can think of. I think we, we covered quite a bit. Um, hopefully I'll, uh, I might be doing a European race this, this, uh, summer. We'll see how that goes. My wife actually gets to do challenge rote before I do, oh, which cool. I'm a little bit bummed about, but, uh, she, she got, uh, or was able to, um, get some time off work and is, is going to do that one this year. It fit into her schedule. So hopefully if all goes as planned, that'll be along, alongside my, uh, time for a break. So I might go over and, and, uh, do a 70.3, uh, in, on the Europe side of things before that's, that starts and then enjoy some travel there. But I haven't, I've, I've raced in New Zealand and Australia, but I haven't done Europe yet. So maybe that'll happen this summer. We'll yeah. see. We're going to be at right. So we'll see you on the sidelines yeah. and yeah, uh, for sure. It's, for a, sure. it's a unique experience. And then we'll see you. Yeah, uh, I'm a, we'll hopefully won't see you in the, uh, hot corner. We'll see you at hot corner, but hopefully you'll be speeding past. Hopefully just time. going, yeah, yeah <laughs> just going quickly by. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Matt, and uh, all the best with your season. Yeah, thanks, mate. All right. Thank you so much. Jombo, your thoughts? Love the the, the transition from wrestling to... I know. <laughs> it's such a weird transition. <laughs> triathlon. I've, when I've he said that, I thought, that coming. that's a bizarre change in sport. Yeah. Hey, who really does wrestling these days? Like, I think it's all a collegiate that, sport, isn't yeah, it? In New Zealand, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I've never met anybody that does wrestling. No. Uh, Judo, but not wrestling. Yes, correct. But yeah, it's just old school. I reckon wrestling would be a horrible sport to do. Imagine someone just lying all over somebody and just pushing you into the most uncomfortable position (laughs) and being trapped in their underarms. Respect because it's pretty impressive. But there's some dirty tactics that go on there. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) just don't even say what you're thinking. I was going to say think about the bums. So different ways of that. Um, Okay, John. uh, We're going to part three of the Kona draw. So now we know it's in Singapore. We know the last name begins with P. What's the first name begin with, John? Oh, we're doing that? Okay. Uh, well, that's what you've got here. I've oh, got no, what have you got? Last letter of the first name. Yeah, so this is really going to start to give, the, give it away. Uh, an L. So it's from Singapore. First letter of the last, last name. name is P. Last letter is L. It's not... No. No, okay. Um, Wanger of the week. So how are we doing this now, John Boo? So now, so you can still go onto Strava and you can join up to our IM Talk team on there. Uh, and... About 712 members now. Yeah. So we've got a leaderboard on there. So I thought what we'll do today is we will just, uh, we will choose some, let's do who's done the most last week. Actually, I saw your name on here, Bevan. You said this week's leaderboard, you were on there yesterday. Was I? Because you'd done 44 minutes of running or something like that. You said I picked a big 44 minute run. But you've you've dipped off. Oh, I have too. So last week, we should give this person a little bit of love because uh, let's see what the hell he's been doing. But Paul Moore added 71 hours. And this is a dojo domination because a good old Philip S., I'm not quite sure who Philip S. is, Philip S. did 31 hours at second place. So he pretty much doubled the second place getter in eight activities. Paul Moore. Now, Paul Moore actually sent us an email, John. Did he? 
Yes, he did. Never go down to the show notes here. Let me have a look here. He's got uh, Paul Moore. Winger of the week. Guys, you had me as winger of the week last week. Oh, he's again this week. Um, we have to do somebody else. But okay. you John Newsom speculated that I was doing an ultra or something. Pretty close. I was doing the India Indian Pacific Wheel Race in Australia that runs from uh, Fremantle near Perth to Sydney. I was in a relay team doing 2,800 leg across the Nullabur to Adelaide. Uh, awesome experience with great adventure. I recommend it. Second week, I continued to Melbourne for shits and giggles. So probably similar hours. Yes, he he's done a, a massive week. Um, so I'm just going to look at... Uh, oh, Bevan. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why don't we give it to Why don't we get second place in? No, yeah, go second place, but... Go for it. Okay, so Philip S. And now Philip S. last name, I'm just pulling up Philip right now. Philip Sassy, I think it is. Yeah, Philip Sassy. He did uh, 31 hours. Uh, he's, he's done a lot this year. He's ran 40,000 40, Ks already this year. Nice. Jeepers creepers. He's had 600. Oh, no, that's all time. I was going to say this year he's done 4,000. On the swim time, the person who did the most swimming uh, was Joe Skipper, followed by Ben Boyd and Walter McCormick. So Joe swam five hours, 33 minutes. Nice work. Got some pretty cool photos here, old... Um, Good old Philip Got some cool photos, but one of them, one, one of his running ones, he's bending over like a mofo. So straighten up, mate. Straighten <laughs> up. <laughs> anyway, uh, so if you want to be a winger week, make sure you join our club. We're going to find random ways and we'll just bring random people up for the next period of time because we want to support those in our cool club. Okay, Jombo, uh, what comes after this? We're going to do questions and answers. Yeah, indeed. Okay, questions mm, and answers. answers. And the first question and answer you've said, what I have noticed. Just, I, I don't know if I've come across this race before or not, but if you've ever wanted to go and ride Mont Ventoux, I just sort of randomly found this online. The Ventoux Man in France, basically it's a half-distance race in June, 2K swim, 90K ride, including riding up Mont Ventoux, and then you do a 20K run just off the peak of the summit there. So, uh, oh, that'd be pretty beautiful. Very much like a... a, a um, Alpe d'Huez type race but if you've ever wanted to go on Mont Ventoux put that one on your bucket list put it on your bucket list okay we did get a couple of little emails we just got one from Keith Rigo who's the guy who we interviewed a few episodes ago about the Kona 5 Ultra Triathlon he's just saying they're putting a movie out in May about the race mm -hmm. and the trailer's up on the net so I'll put a link to that in the show notes click on this next video John I might even play it on here now this is a oh, four minutes is too long yeah Okay, it's a bloody funny comedian. Just put it on our Facebook page. Yeah, but you need to watch it. It's I've pretty watched it. Oh, did you, did you think yeah. it was pretty funny? Yeah. Especially the last bit, eh? I we watched it a week ago, so I can't oh. remember it. So it's basically a guy, a comedian doing a piece about triathletes, and it's mm. very, very funny. So I'll put it in the show notes, actually. So check out the show notes. Uh, Paul Moore, we've already read about. Jim Flynn's just got... Um, so he sent through this morning, and, and uh, instead of writing a long email back, I thought we'd answer it. So here's Jim said, Bevan... Been listening forever, and thank you guys. Think you guys should win a Nobel Prize for podcasting. There you go, Jim. Jim. I love it. You're a legend. Uh, due to injuries and age, I can't run or bike anymore, and I'm getting a bit burned out with just swimming. Do you have any suggestions for low impact exercise videos? Hmm. But I, I, I think there's a bigger question to ask here, Jim. I think maybe it's time to explore new movements because it's it's a tough thing when you age. And you kind of get aged out of the sport you love. And it kind of seems that's what has happened to Jim here. Now, there, I can't actually recommend any low-impact exercise videos, but there are – it's more about you modifying workouts. So, like, nowadays there's a lot of great hits workouts, you know. So you might have to modify workouts. If you can't do a burpee, you can just do deep squats without – so it's very much looking at workouts and thinking, how can I do movement patterns that work for my body – based on the limits that I have. Um, 
Low impact doesn't seem to be as popular nowadays. When I first started in fitness, there were always low impact workouts. Mm. Les Mills have released one called Tone, which is very much based for females, and it's kind of more of a low impact workout. And it's actually a pretty great workout, but mm. I'm not quite sure if that's what you want. And I don't really know much about videos. But I think the bigger question is, what should you do when you're aged out of your sport? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, no, I was just going to suggest yoga, Jim. I think yoga is a fantastic way for energizing yourself, feel like you're actually doing something constructive, um, and that would be, I think, a, a good avenue to go down. But low-impact side of things, um, look, potentially even look into some master's swimming. You know, if you want to compete, there's a, a depending on which country you're from, there's a pretty strong master's movement, um, so that might be something to consider. And I think it's been like three or four months of your life just trying new stuff. You know, like, uh, we don't know your injuries, so we don't know exactly what you can and can't do. But what we really want to think about is if, if, if I just spent six months exploring different worlds, you know, and really kind of embrace yourself into a world, you might try a CrossFit world, you might try a yoga world, you might try, um, I don't know. I wonder why you can't bike, but biking is, is, is yeah. really popular. And there's so many options out there now in terms of doing little cyclocross sort of things. Yeah. Um, so, you know... If there's any way for you to get back to exercising, I'd be saying looking at some, some bike options. Yeah, and then try these worlds, and then if you find one that works for you, and you obviously will have limitations, but in a good world, they will look after those limitations. So sorry I couldn't really suggest any videos as such, but I would really go try try things, modify for yourself, and find your love for something new, because it can often be really hard when the thing you love is kind of still in your face, and you can't do it. So just emotionally in that front there. Hopefully that helps, Jim. Uh, John, we are going to go into the next part of the Kona draw. Okay, John, so we had a quick pause here because we had to do some, some research, and we did our research, and John. So do you think they know who they are? I think so, yes. Uh, and what's cool, we've, 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 we know who it is, obviously, yes. because we did the draw, but... Um, Big supporter of the show. Yes. And it's been, you know, if you go to their Facebook page, they've got them running up the finishing shoot of a race in their Iron Talk one piece. Nice. They turned up to the Iron Talk 10-year Camp Care. What do we call it Camp Care Car? No, I think we should call it our 10-year anniversary. 10-year so. anniversary and a big supporter of the show. So really committed to our world. John, who won it? The Swizzle. The Swizzle. Mike Pizzle. <laughs> Mike Pizzle. I think it might be Pizzle. But it's, well, <laughs> the we Swizzle Pizzle. Pizzle. Love it. Love it. Because he, he came over our 10-year anniversary. And if you're a new listener, what we did, we basically, people came in into Christchurch, a lot of locals. We swam about 4K one night. Next day, we did an epic 180K, very hilly bike course. We got on mics from Singapore. And when we had our swim, it was pretty fresh. Yeah. And then we ran a, um, a hilly marathon on the Friday. That's and right. I think he stayed down with Ian and Zania, Ian Wood and Zania Morrison down the hill. And nice guy, yeah, real nice guy, guy. from Family. Australia, lives in Singapore. Yeah, he went to Savania High School. <laughs> so, don't tell if you're listening to this, don't tell him that he's won it. And hopefully, he's still, he's still listening. And oh, no, uh, of course, he will be. And he can find out via the show rather than being sent a Facebook post or anything like that. Yeah, good times. Okay, so <laughs> Mike, get in contact. You can head over the corner, you can hang out with the boys, and uh, it's gonna be good times, mate. Love your work. Congratulations, it's pretty cool now. Obviously, it's pretty cool for Mike and all those who didn't win. Thank you so much, and hopefully you're still getting the value from what we do. And if you aren't a patron, go www.iamtalk.me, and you can be a patron of our show. And John, we've actually got a new patron this week. We've got a couple of new patrons. Okay. First one, Brett, Brett Ryan. Okay, Brett Ryan hasn't what's, given what's, us the details. So Brett no, Ryan. What's, Brett what's, Ryan. It, what's coming to you, Well, who's the, who's the, the, the uh, isn't there like a, like a thriller? So Ryan? Um, um, I'm going to pause. Give me a second. Pause. 
and we're back, and it was Jack Ryan, and I've come up with Shadow Recruit, which is quite good, but John's got another option. I've got your darts throwing one. This, I quite like this. Okay. Brett, Ringmaster Ryan. Yes! You you top that, John. Yeah. Ringmaster. Ringmaster Ryan. Okay, Jace, Justin Farley's got, I live in Melbourne, started triathlon back in 2012 after one Olympic distance race, jumped straight into the half and four Ironman races. I've done four Ironman races, Bustleton, Port Macquarie, Melbourne and New Zealand. Best time was Melbourne, 9.51. After having a couple years break, I've got back into long distance triathlon and have Port Macquarie lined up for May 2018. After listening to your podcast for some time, I've Switched to train a road for my bike training and have recently started using a run walk strategy on the run. Looking forward to seeing the results of Port Macquarie. Hopefully, I can beat my previous time of 10.02 to get under the 10 hour mark. So, Justin John? Justin Farley? What's, yep. what's, what's coming to you? Going. <laughs> Justin, going Farley. Well, we can do better than that. Oh, come on, I thought that was gold. <laughs> uh, Justin Farley. Okay, we'll pause. Pause, pause. Okay, Justin. John, John's come up with one for you. I've come up with the next one. Well, I don't know if I like this one. Jamie Dodger. That's what's oh, come that's up. a shocker. <laughs> that's what's come up with the, uh, the Sky Sports no. darts name. No, my going going Farley's better than that. Going Farley. Going extra. No. The extra distance, the extra mile, or extra mile runners. Yeah, that's, that's my business. Um, we're really struggling today. Normally we're pretty good with nicknames. Yeah. Justin Farley. What's a favourite wrestler of yours, John? A favourite what? Favourite wrestler. Wrestler? Yeah. Um, I always liked Jake the Snake McRoberts. The Snake Farley. There we go. Jake, uh, Justin the Snake Farley. There snake. you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, little slippery swine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there you go. Uh, Owen Hughes is the next one. See a attached photo of me and my former... Life as an elite kayaker from New Zealand long before being led to the half Ironman and Ironman world by my now wife. So he's obviously got a photo of the kayak, which is pretty cool. Um, I have done 16 halves and two full and a coast-to-coast -coast and another test suffer fest. I did five half Ironmans in 10 weeks back in 2012, early 13. Those being Taupo, Rotorua, Tauranga, Wanaka, New Plymouth and to finish it off. It's funny, when I was racing kayaks, I never understood why guys in their late 30s and 40s would turn up to our club races on the weekend just to finish middle of the field. I thought, what the hell is the point of that? It's just a waste of your time. If you're not there to win, why come at all? The table has now turned, and I'm that 46-year-old guy, turning up to club races and other races just to finish in the middle of the pack. They did that because they were enjoying the people, the community, and what it did for their lifestyle, and these are the same reasons I do it now. Thanks so much for the effort you put into the show. Always looking forward to Tuesday mornings when the show is released. Well worth being a patron. Now, Hughes, Owen Hughes, you think Merv Hughes, the Australian We don't want to insult you because you're a Kiwi living in Australia. But then, he, he, I looked up Merv Hughes, I did some research, and they He's called the the Sledge Master. Yes. And we like that. The Sledge Master Hughes. Yep. So there you go. Owen, the Sledge Master Hughes. So if you want an awesome nickname, not those ones. Justin, the Snake Farley. Owen, the Sledge Master Hughes. And what was Brighton Brett's one? And back to my other page. Brett, the Ringmaster Ryan. Yes. You become patron of imtalk.me. Go to imtalk.me. It's all very obvious on the patron page. John. 
sponsors. Extreme Endurance. Your Electric Buffer. And our patrons. And they include all those Mike people. Mike Swizzle Bizzle. Going to Kona. See you in Kona, mate. See you over in the big island. Okay, John, if you want to email us, go to www.iamtalk. Oh, no. Go to, or you can do it from the website, but also iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Don't send us anything on Facebook because we don't respond. We've actually closed it off, so you can't even do that. Um, John. If you've got any... If you've got any People you really want to dominate, nominate as age groupers of the dominate. week. Dominate. Dominate. Yep. Yeah, nominate uh, them. Send them in through imtalk.me. And also... Your first try. My first try. We'd love to hear some more stories about my first try, how you completely cock things up. Or inversely, if you completely smoked it, we'd love to hear about that too. Well, some of them, when you do the Legends interviews, some of them do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first, pro, first try, I believe, win the thing. Okay, John, watch it. Well, I've, I've seen you more than once this week. Yes, big show on uh, Sunday morning. Yep. I was getting, so they had the big boxing match, Kiwi, uh, Kiwi Fowler versus uh, the Anthony British Joshua. Fella, Anthony, yep. Anthony Joshua, and I was you just you never know what time to turn up because yeah. they don't really know. And, and I heard the radio saying it might be, but it's from eight thirty onwards. And Bevan said come at eight thirty. I'm thinking it's not going to be till nine thirty, but I turned up at eight thirty anyway. About nine thirty, and uh, it was about nine thirty. Hey, we had some food. We had some oh, we great had some company, great food. Yeah. Several I did notice John out. John Newsom's can't control yourself around food was definitely <laughs> showing through. You don't want to leave anything out there. It's just going to go to waste. It's some croissants. Who did the croissants with the cheese? My lovely wife. Yeah, they. they you were happy with those, were you? They, they took the cake. The fight was a bit of a bummer because, to be honest, we all predicted before the fight what was going to happen. No one was really surprised, but it was a bummer. It was a bummer, but he basically just got outboxed. Yeah, it really did. But that's okay. What's your goss? What's my goss? A big day today. Got to try to get. Everything in order, and we're going out to Australia tomorrow morning. It's going to be good times. Super early flight in the morning? Yes, we are. We've got to get up about four o'clock tomorrow morning, be at the mm. airport by five. Kids are pretty excited. Kids are pumped. Built my trampoline at the weekend. No dramas oh, there. That's, right, yeah. so that's all good. My daughter's birthday yesterday. Jeez, good week for your daughter. Yeah. Trampoline? Yeah. Go to Australia? Yeah. And Is Tommy uh, overexcited? They're both pretty pumped. Yep. It's going to be good times. Going to have to go. I've, I've, I thought, what am I going to wear when I go and support? I haven't really got any. All black stuff or Kiwi stuff. I sort of... Mate, you know what you that. should buy? Vodafone Warriors shirt. He'll go well on the Gold Coast. Going to nip down to Rebel Sport f- this, this morning. Sail on. Love my sails. Get myself some sort of uh, Kiwi Kiwiana to wear on the side of the course. Looking forward to it. It's going to be good times. The problem is, like an all jersey isn't cheap. You drop no, no. This is, I'm just going to get a t-shirt. <laughs> just no way. So cheap silver fan. Sussed it out already. <laughs> I ain't dropping a hundred on Norbert's stock. The hundreds, you're not paying a hundred. You're paying like 180 for an Norbert juicy. Mm. That ain't cheap. Jeepers, creepers. Yeah, uh, what's happening in your world? What are you most excited about outside triathlon? Oh, dream world's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm anxious about the, I'm not anxious, the crowds and the number of people and queues and things like that. Might be a bit of frustration. We've got a week past the Dreamworld, so that's going to be. For my daughter is just. Oh, so Dreamworld's going to be chock a blocker. Oh, absolutely. But we've got a week past. We're, we've got a, we've got nothing. But it'll be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be good times. But I have to say, um, I went to Commonwealth Games when they were in Melbourne, mm-hmm. which was kind of just before I started seeing Joe. Mm-hmm. So, um, was it 2004 maybe? Yes, it was. Yeah, and so well organised. Mm. Like, for the amount of people in that place, you were never stressed. You always knew which way to go, mm-hmm. everything moved. So, when it comes to kind of big people moving and organisation logistics, they're pretty well run. Aussies are onto it. Yeah, they really are doing a great job of that. So, um, so yeah, you're, I'm sure you have a great time. We will. You never goss? I'm, I'm encouraging Bevan to join our running club. We'll I, I got an email. Yeah, we're gonna. Be, I'm gonna now, now you said we could do it right in the over forties. 
Is that realistic? Yes, yes. Yeah, because we have lots of team competitions. So you have like a team of four or six or five and uh, their team relays. You are going to destroy me. I'm so rubbish at short stuff these days. And you're going to... you're gonna. No, John, I've only just started running the last couple of weeks. Well, I'm suffering too. I did a few little 1K I think I think right now we'd probably be even. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. I think right now, you leading to right, you already pulled my pants down. Mm-hmm. And then me and Queensland are probably a little bit further than you. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm probably a little bit fitter overall just because I want to do it at the gym. But running wise, I'm probably at, we're probably on par. I think three, four k, you'll take me. When it gets to ten k, might even out a little bit. Yep. We'll wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Be good times if you want to run. If you're in Canterbury or and you join up to the tri club and we affiliate with the the local body and you can go and do all these Saturday races. They're just low-key. You can just rock up. You do them. You don't taper for them or anything. They're just good, hard workout. Lots of cross-country stuff. And likewise, if you're anywhere else in the world, get into that stuff if you're off-season. If you want to improve your running, racing regularly over the winter is awesome. Did you have any Easter eggs? We have pretty minimal Easter eggs in our I place. know, because normally I give you an annual, I normally give you my annual yes. cream egg. Wait a second, talk for a second. I'll give you your oh, annual I'm cream gonna egg. I'm going to go get my annual cream egg. And the reason because of that is because my son Thomas has got about 5 billion bloody allergies. So they basically get uh, <laughs> one sort of premium Easter egg. Yeah, uh, oh my God, this is Christmas. Have we got anything other than a creamy there? Um, not that I'm picky or anything. No. Mate, biggest can't be chosen. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got a little Hershey's going on there as well. Yeah, those Hershey's are good. Go for a couple of those Hershey's. Yeah, yep, got there some go. marshmallow eggs. Tell you what, oh, I have one of those yeah. lint. Those. I'm, I'm just going to go for one of those yep. as well. <laughs> yeah, we've got a little marshmallow one there. Okay, we've got one of each. So you have to eat all that by the time you get home? I'll eat it before I leave your place. <laughs> so. There we go. I'm just going to move it on the other side of the computer so Bevan can't steal it off me. Oh, no, I'll I'll I'm really good. Like This weekend, I definitely ate 17 eggs. Yeah. Finish off with one of those lint bunnies, which are pretty bloody yeah, good yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Um, and then now that dies to me. So it just sits in the cupboard. Joe will work her way through them. <laughs> She's very disciplined. She'll kind of one a night for the next six months. And it's actually well done, John. Nice. Proud of you. Yeah, there you go. Okay, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. Oh, I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Well done, Mike. We'll see you in Kona.